Expansive itemization table. That's your loot, everybody. Long and short of it is that's all your loot. Okay. Feel like Do you think they'll expand crafting? <laughs> you, sure? Daedalus is brewing <laughs> up a loot the... ninja comment. That's what that is. <laughs> He's brewing it up. I see it as I face. was like, I saw that grin. I'm like, man, somebody's expanded <laughs> their ninja itemization no, table. No, it's not it at all. It's not it at all. Okay. I do. I can't even say the word loot without y'all trying to find some way to twist that up. I'm and like also, a Pavlovian dog. Dude, I'm conditioned <laughs> now. Every time I hear loot, I think ninja. The cornerstone for all things on Vera was the essence. It flowed through all of the land and was imbued in every creature. It shifted its nature with the passing of the seasons and with every change in the environment came a shift in one's alignment to it. How would the change of the seasons change the course of the Pathfinder's own journey? Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back once again, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, Cozy Faisal. Greetings. <laughs> Friends, we got some things to discuss today. But before we dig in, I've got to give a shout to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. Now, in typical fashion, if you want to do us a solid help review this podcast help to bump us in the algorithm to prove to everybody we are legit because we've only been doing this for ages now be greatly appreciated go over to our twitter you'll find at ashes pathfinder on twitter you can go to the pin post right there at the top you'll see all the links to the podcast places and one of them specifically says itunes so click that one go in give us a five star and uh Leave a comment while you're at it. It'd be greatly appreciated. And we'll read it here live on the show. Speaking of dropping a line, you can do it two ways. You can leave a comment there, which is like a one-time only. You can call in and leave a voice message for us at 1-539-664-6801. And you can also shoot a mail over to our Pathfinder grunt at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. All right. Knights of the Phoenix had our awesome guild night again on Friday. This this week we did Lotro, Lord of the Rings Online, if you're not sure what that means, because they've had a massive update. It helps us burn some time while we're waiting on Ashes. Been doing V Rising and lately. We, uh, we'll just circle back around to this one in a minute because I cringe to say it, but I, I have to acknowledge it if it's true. So I'll do it. You're all welcome to join us for our community days uh, every Friday, like clockwork, unless something comes up, which is pretty rare. Um, 
But I've been cataloging Alpha One VODs as well over on Ashes HQ YouTube, so definitely check in with that. Shout out to all the people who've been watching those. Apparently, a good number of you are checking in and watching them. I'm doing them about every other day right now, but um, yeah, just it's Alpha One footage, and a lot of you have been enjoying them, so I'm really glad to hear that it's been helping to bide your time as we're moving towards Alpha Two right now. Um, let's see here. The Alpha, or not the Alpha, but the Alpha version of the forums for Ashes HQ are live. We've got a few different boards up there. We're actually going to pull from one of those tonight as well after we get done reviewing some of the Q&A stuff uh, from the the last developer live stream. But we got one from Jacob over there around role play, um, which is going to be a question I'm going to pose for you all. I encourage you all to go check out as well. Um, gentlemen, it's been an interesting week in Ashes, hasn't it? Um, what have you all been up to since we met last time? Anything that's been occupying your time as you're waiting for this game, as we're waiting for our, our, our weekly Pathfinder podcast? Well, um, I did want to point out that there was an article um, that got put up on the HQ, yes, uh, Ashes HQ, home of this podcast, yeah. um, uh, last week, uh, last Monday. Right. Yes. Uh, and I also would like to ask if anyone has any ideas for any future articles, let me know. I've got a couple more coming, but definitely any community ideas. Tell me what you want me to chat about, and I will... Uh, I will do my level best to get something out there for you, but I would really appreciate comments. I see Meat Hooks has uh, put a comment on there, really yeah. good comment. So I just appreciate mm -hmm. not, you know, if you yeah. don't have any ideas per se, if you have any like reactions to the articles, you know, anything that can help us talk a little bit more about that game that we know <laughs> and love and want to come out ASAP. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would, I would love to hear that. So that's kind of what I've been doing among other um things like you know immortal things um that are out there immortalizing myself if you will um but other than that um, it's it's kind of what i've been working on that's and the, stuff and things that's the thing i talked about circling around to someone's gonna pick up on it because you all are really savvy like that but we'll, we'll let uh basil what about you buddy I mean, you? I'm I'm working stuff outside of Ashes. I'm planning mm. to open a board game cafe. <laughs> really? Nice. Yeah. Are you gonna I'm be gonna make um, it comfy and cozy? Of course. Uh, all around, <laughs> right? Blankies and pillows and things like that. Are you gonna Are you gonna be the owner of this cafe? Yes. Really? And uh, what's it called? Actually, I'll make this my first tweet. Well, what do you guys want in a board game cafe? I guess. This is going to be your first tweet? You mean, no, no, no. I guess. You've done stuff. You mean this is going to be you giving life to this dead Twitter account of yours? Exactly, I guess. Actual life. Please do. Just so I can Weird. point out, oh my, I shouldn't really say anything. I've got a personal Twitter I like never use, so he... Yeah, well. I, I retweet stuff. I haven't, I haven't used mine in a while, too, so yeah. I can't really... I can't really give Faisal too much of a hard time. I have too many Twitters. <laughs> Do you know that? Do you know why I don't use Twitter more regularly? It's because you know how many I run? That's exactly why. It's because I'm sick of social media, but I'm like, I just got to make sure I tweet this, post this, do this, do that. By the end of it, it's like, I don't really feel like I got the bandwidth to talk about anything personal, so I'm just not gonna. Yo, I, um, I gotta tell you guys, like, I'm some of the people that are here actually saw me getting like a little real. I was like nerding out and super excited. Like if you were a community night, I was basically like 
<laughs> on the edge of my seat waiting for a delivery because I've got uh, the Wacom. Uh, it's basically a 4K, 24-inch uh, 4K tablet, uh, art tablet on my desk, and it serves as essentially like a monitor, and it's right here. This thing is huge, and I was tinkering with it yesterday, and I'm so excited. Why did I get one all that? Because I'm like, you know, you all know, like I'm, I'm, I've, I've talked about a game I'm probably going to work on, but first I'm doing other things, which are like writing books and like to do art for this world I've been creating and all this stuff. And so I'm super excited because I was like spent party yesterday and I didn't even get anything done on this, man. I was so excited about it. I was like, I'm going to do some art. And then I basically sat there and was just like like this looking down at it watching this like course that I've got one of the few courses I got to like teach myself, like how to switch from the medium I use, which is pen and paper and charcoal and all that. And moving over to, to, you know, using like this digital pen, this thing here, you, you got to use these and there's like all these settings and stuff. And then ways to like, you know, syn synergize it with like Photoshop and all this. So I was like learning it, but I was, I swear, I spent like two hours yesterday just sitting here like this, looking down, looking back up, looking down, going, all right, cool. And I'm sitting there like, where the hell is this? It's not on my thing. And so I'm having to like look at how to get that, add that tool and do this and that. And I'm like, I was sitting there and no joke, I enjoyed it so much, even though I didn't do anything because I was learning how to use like essentially what these brushes and all that. And I was like, I'm sitting there going, oh, I can't wait to like do more with this so much. So I'm pretty stoked about this. Y'all are probably going to see me doing some art streams in the near future. Um, back to the thing I you talked about. You're going full Bob Ross, huh? Right. <laughs> except you, except <laughs> instead of seeing me do this, you all be looking at, you'll be looking at a screen and just seeing it all happen. Um, nice. But this thing, man, this thing is so cool. It's, it's literally, this is what Intrepid, you know, I, I, I've seen them in their studio using this before when I was, when I went and visited, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what they're using. You know, and they all had them like they had these big old things. Cause that's what, you know, a lot of artists use for digital medium. And, uh, it's used for a lot of other things too. Like you can use to sculpt and, um, you know, for all these different things you see in like game design too. So super cool working my way into that developer domain slowly, but surely, uh, Really enjoying community night. It's I've got to tell you all while we're waiting for ashes, it's still it's the MMO, right? Like that's the one we've been waiting here. And a lot of us are going to be playing together. And it's been so freaking fun hanging out with you all on our community nights. Need a Simross emote. Oh, my God. It's been cool hanging out community nights because, you know, Knights of the Phoenix, my guild, like we get to hang out together. We also get to hang out with some of you who aren't even in the guild. Some of you recently, have, you know, some of you have been joining me. Hooks, I'm talking about you. You are a recent uh, addition to the guild, the community that we have here. And um, yeah, it's been really fun between like V. It's good to have something to play. Like I like a good survival game. V Rising has been pretty good. I enjoy it. Uh, there's also like Lotro I talked about and the one I'm coming back around full circle to. We're doing City of Heroes occasionally too, but oh, fuck Diablo Immortals got me by the... I hate this. I... I... It's so hard for me to say this because I was there when that BlizzCon, when they were like, y'all got phones right and the whole audience booed. I heard that halfway across the damn convention center. And I'm like... Oh, they are going to bomb this. It's not going to be any good. It's so effing addicting. Jackal's right. Like, there's a good number of us in here. I can't stop. 
in but the thing is this is me with Diablo games, right? When they first come out, I play through, I do the story, I get through like the first season's worth of stuff, and then I probably don't really play it after that a whole lot. I might jump on to, you know, shoot the shit or whatever, just do something when I'm chilling and kind of relaxing. That's pretty much what it's been. It's been my veg out game. Um, but this is the first time in years that I've been sitting here going, I actually want to be playing more than one game and I can't do both at the same time. And I haven't been in that situation in years. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. So glad Ashes isn't out right now because all these games would get shelved, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's real talk. These are nice at this time. But if Ashes Alpha 2 was here, you wouldn't see me do anything else. Yeah, we'd be seeing demons <laughs> and vampires <laughs> and, you know, hobbits bouncing right now. That's what would happen. <laughs> but it's nice to have something to get us by until then, you know? Yeah. And about Immortal, what was what was funny is like I was just ragging on it so hard. And because it wasn't working right on the PC, you had to do like all sorts of Windows gymnastics to get it to work like and look properly and stuff. Now I'm like, I'm I'm just like you. I'm totally into it. I mean, there's definitely some things that I'm not yeah. a fan of. Um, but uh for sure. But definitely the like the gameplay itself is is uh it, it it definitely is a, a good Diablo experience, which is yeah. I haven't done that in so long. It, it is. I too. haven't played like the other Diablos in so long, and I've just jumped right in, and it was fun. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, is like I mean, there's definitely people that could pay the convenience to hell out that thing, um, but I mean, I find that I I've, I spent fifteen on the the one month worth of pass because I know that's going to be the first initial gameplay chunk that I'll probably do. You know, I mean, so from that perspective, uh, it's not really, yeah, it's it's not really, it's it's not even really that intrusive. It's not in your face all the time. You kind of get some of that stuff you usually get with like mobile games, though. Like as you level, you get to a certain level. Ooh, catch this opportunity to buy this stuff now. It's super cheap. You don't have to. You don't even need to 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 do well at the game. Most of the stuff that they send you or that you can buy. I don't even need it. And I'm like kicking ass in that game. I even did PVP last night and stomp people. So you, you don't need to spend a damn dime on that thing. If you just want to tinker, I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is good. I, I don't know. Cause I'm usually that the isn't point. the case. I'm still at the point. Is this an outdated April Fool's joke? Like I, I can't after what they said on I know. BlizzCon. I, I know. just, I just can't touch the game. <laughs> I feel you, dude. I, I was like, I thought I'd be laughing and talking so much shit about it, and I hate that I'm not right now. I really, you know, I'm not gonna lie. If I enjoy it, though, I'm gonna be. Y'all know me. I'm gonna be real talk, but uh, it, it's gonna be short lived, though. Um, the story actually for me starts out really good, but I kind of feel like it fizzles a bit moving forward. Sorry about. Sorry to have to say that started out feeling good, but I, I just kind of I don't think I think they could have done a lot better job. And it's it's clearly a mobile game. So you're going to have the mobile elements. It works well. It's definitely the best mobile game I've played. I'll say I'll give them that it functions the best out of any mobile game I've played. So there you go. Um, but anyway, I'm going to give them credit where I feel like it's due. They, they did it. They did a good job with the game and it's not a constant spamming in your face and i trust me i've played mobile games that are like that and they're annoying as shit so but it'll be short-lived i'll get through the story and kind of get done and that'll that'll be it 
probably. And then it'll be, and then it's good because V rising is like, ah, we're going to be out of content soon there. So I'm glad I, glad I pasted a little. Cause that game was, that was, that was getting a little ridiculous too for a, for a while there. All right, let's talk about ashes. You talk about this. We'll save this for the LFM in a week and a half because I'm doing them every other week now. And if you're going, why are you doing that podcast less frequently? Sims working on books and shiz. That's why it's through the summer. I'm gonna be a little bit more low key. Do the do the podcasting, do the community stuff, and and chill for a bit here. So, yeah. Yes. But definitely Daedalus. I've been I've been coming up with some ideas and brainstorming some things that I I might shoot to you. Um, I have a, I had a couple ideas. I am surprised nobody's gone to the artisan classes area of our forums on Ashes HQ and started dropping stuff yet either. I'm like shocked because there are some of you in this chat right now who I would honestly would think would be all over that, and you all are disappointing me, and I mean that. Only a little bit, but a little bit, just a little bit. The heroes or not the heroes ballad, but the heroes ballad number three is up. I linked it in chat. There you go. Check it out. Leave data list some love, some comments, some ideas. I'm definitely going to hit him up with one. We're going to continue down talking about our development live stream. And uh, I guess we can go on ahead and I'm going to point this one out and then we'll move forward because we got the developer Q&A stuff to hit and knock out. We got something Margaret shared in Discord that you all, shout out to you all, by the way, rock stars that you are, who always make sure to let me know if we miss anything, if anything of interest or of note drops there. You all are always on it. We never go a podcast without you all looking out for the homies to make sure that we've got the info. So we're going to talk about mocap here towards the end because that, from my perspective, has a lot of implications. So I'm going to pop this one up on your screen real quick. Let it simmer. Do your research, whatever. But look at this. Live stream room is a bit further, she said, uh, further out. And we're going to be built out a bigger space for that plus mocap. Okay, there's some things about that that we need to talk about, but I'm going to save that towards the end after the Q&A because that is literally going to be the rest of the show. But if you don't know a mocap, that's literally motion capture, right? So that's that's literally what that means. We'll talk about it in more detail towards the end because I have quite a bit to say about this. But first, we'll talk about this point from the HQ. Okay, now this was the forum post that I wanted to outline this week. As frequently as you all are posting them, if they're really good, I'm going to put them up here because why the hell not? Take a page from the playbook of good old Ashes of Creation and Trepa Studios because they do this related to their YouTube channel. We've done it too. We do it occasionally, but I like pulling from the HQ because you all have some really good ideas on the forums and in Discord here sometimes. Which So Jacob posted, I'd like this post to be about ideas for characters to play in Ashes of Creation. Whether it's actual character ideas or thoughts on how to role-play an archetype, I mean, there are 64, role-playing in MMORPGs can be difficult to get into, but I believe with all of the dynamic and immersion systems that Trep is providing, it will not only be easier, but desirable and fun AF, meaning as fuck if you don't know what that means. So go over there, contribute. I saw uh, that Meat Hooks actually posted a really interesting post in response to that, which was... Very interesting name, by the way, Meat Hooks. Um, 
And interesting, interesting choice in archetype and professions. I really like seeing that. And y'all are going, what, what is it? You're going to just gonna have to go look for yourselves. It's actually very interesting. Um, and I definitely want to talk about it. I, I, I like the, the veteran reflection there. That was, that was fun. That was fun to read about. Anyway, it was really well done, homie. Definitely going to be chatting more on this in the future. But I encourage you all to go over there, check it out, chime in. I know I'm going to be doing that soon enough. Um, yeah, Q&A time. All right. This is the last of the part of the dev uh, developer update that we need to go over. We went through and talked about the seasonal changes last week. We talked about the impact on the world. Uh, we talked about those things. And we're going to make sure, as usual, we do our due diligence. We make sure we don't miss out going over the Q&A uh, portion of the live stream. And in typical format, usually with the week or two that we've got between now and the next developer live stream, we'll probably outline stuff from the HQ, that things that pop up that are pertinent information, like the one we talked about with MoCap. We'll be talking about stuff like that. Or bouncing around speculative uh, discussion points that we are, haven't revisited in a while so definitely if you're engaged in any of the places this podcast is at share your thoughts we usually pull from y'all too so so here we go the q a starts out talking about pvp and i'm going to link this to you if you don't have it you can check out our awesome outline shout out to skylark who helps out with these a lot does the the essentially the all of the grunt work and i just got to go in and clean it up and make it look pretty and formatted for the website is all i got to do right so he does all that work there you go shout out to him he's been doing this for several months now and the first q a point was will pvp activities with deactivated death penalties reward players with any experience interesting answer yes there will be a diminution reward on that experience over a period, but you have to gain experience through participating in PVP events. Thoughts? Because that one's that one's interesting. I'm going to read that one more time. Will PVP? Yeah, that confused me a little. <laughs> will PVP activities with deactivated death penalties reward players with any experience? Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Isn't it? And the answer is yes, there will be diminution reward on experience over a period of time, but you can gain experience through participating in PVP events. So big takeaway, you do gain experience through PVP events. But it's interesting when you talk about death penalties, rewarding players with any experience. What are you, what are your thoughts around that? Cause that's, that could mean a well, lot I mean, of things to me. I mean, That's I'm wild. assuming, yeah, I'm assuming that there's a, there's two types of death penalties that I can think of, right? Mm-hmm. Is first is going to be repairs, right? Which is kind of standard for any death in an MMO, right? Is you have to repair your gear. But the other is something that isn't always there. And that's this idea of experience debt that you have to pay off. Um yes. And so I I'm curious and I'm I'm not sure whether Steven actually got that part that it was deactivated or not. But I'm not aware of any PvP activity where experience debt is turned off. And maybe it's been a minute and I missed it when they mentioned it, but I don't recall that ever being a thing. So I would definitely, if we right. could fact check that mm-hmm. to confirm. Technically. 
technically in Alpha 1. If you were in the siege, you were not penalized. Uh, you did, did not take penalty for killing other people. Technically. Oh, yeah, uh, but if you true. did it outside of sieges, because it's right. not consensual and you're basically killing people who don't want to fight, uh, that's when the debt happens. At least yeah, I guess people I could rack up debt pretty quickly if it was in an like, instance thing like that. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm not necessarily f a fan of um, experience debt as a mechanic. But I understand why they need to do it. It's just yes. kind of a, a balancing tactic, so people aren't mm. YOLO all the the entire time. But yeah. yeah, I would be interested to see how that would all like work and how many of those activities they would deactivate death penalties on. Maybe just the major ones where you're expecting to die a lot. I don't know, but the idea of diminishing returns over time, I think, is is fine. It just, it's kind of, in my opinion, it's more of an anti-griefing tactic or anti-gaming the system tactic. You just don't go and, like, target, like, the, the weaker geared players just to get that experience. I mean, you know, I mean, dopamine hit. I mean, I, I know I mean, there's murder bunnies that have different <laughs> standards. Bowl. But, but, uh... I but guess yeah. I just consensually in the arena. It's fine. <laughs> Looking I for essentially murder bunny their ass too. <laughs> like where can I where can I uh where can I make this work in my favor and uh not have to frame it? Are you gonna have any murder bunny things in your little cafe? Um I'll get an axe or two. <laughs> I thought you would say no. I was gonna say what a missed opportunity, but your know, pictures already didn't happen. That's all I gotta say. Well, uh, I'm I'm just gonna call I, I've already given him an idea. It's gonna be social bunnies. Board game of Palooza is what it's going to yes. be called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the experience debt, and I'm not going to lie, man, experience debt happening related to PvP was like, I, that's the one area I don't think you should get it. Like, I don't have an issue with it, like, pretty much anywhere else, but I think, like, there's certain things, certain areas where I don't think it should happen. I don't really think it should happen with uh, raiding, raid progression. I don't think it should happen there because you're going to wipe in raiding. That's part of progression. You don't want like this extra added taxing element. Now I've got, now I've went and I raided and I died a bunch. And now I've got to like work this off as well, because that like fits into the category of that get on and be in our game because we need you there sort of thing, you know, sort of like, getting on and filling out an artifact weapon or something, mm -hmm. you know, or getting a currency you've got to dump in just to hit that baseline. So things like that. PVP also, when you think about people that are like getting griefed, like that's an extra penalty that they really didn't, they, they potentially may not have had any choice in. So I think the choice components got to be carefully balanced in my mind when, when you talk about experience debt, that's just my perspective though. Oh, see Glunberg in here. What up, homie? Haven't seen him usually make it in for these. He's always over on, on YouTube, though, chiming in on the YouTube videos, which is really great. So, yeah. <laughs> um, second point, okay. What changes are you discussing slash implementing internally the guards to combat that will make the combat in Alpha 2 
different from the combat in Alpha 1. All right, there's too many to list, but Stephen noted these. Additional archetypes, which, you know, mm -hmm. remember archetypes means the eight classes are, we refer to classes as the augmented versions of those, right? Just uh, Additional functional ability support, question mark. Augment I mean, we system. technically saw one in the... I, I think we did. I believe that's what I that think. was too. I believe that was an augmented skill as well. That's what I'm going with. That's my work in theory as well. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So new prototype root motion, split motion for basic weapon attacks. So they're going to do something different. All right. So different than what we saw already. So I'm curious, yes. right? I feel like maybe they're going to try to find some middle ground because clearly there were people mm. that liked one version and people that liked the other. So I could see them trying to find a good balance. But when you think a hybrid combat system they're working on, like that, what they're going for is going to be different than most MMORPGs. So that's one yes. of the things they fundamentally, if they really want a hybrid system, are going to have to get right. Otherwise, they're going to have to pick one, probably would be tab, and you're going to lose a good number of people who have an action orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was expansive itemization table. That's your loot, everybody. Long and short of it is that's all your loot. Okay. Feel like Do you think they'll expand crafting? <laughs> you, Daedalus is brewing <laughs> up a loot the... ninja comment. That's what that is. <laughs> He's brewing it up. I see it in his I face. Was like, I saw that grin. I'm like, man, somebody's expanded <laughs> their ninja itemization <laughs> no, table. I no, it's not it at all. It's not it at all. Okay. I do. I can't even say the word loot without y'all trying to find some way to twist that up. I'm and like also, a Pavlovian dog, dude. Dude, I'm conditioned now. <laughs> Every time I hear loot, I think ninja. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Can we please get those loot ninja uh, emotes out of chat, please? I'm going to purge chat in five, four. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious about the functional ability support. I'm curious what I mean, that do you means think it exactly. Do you think it might be like utility abilities? I that's what I read when I I read it at first. Ability support. I'm thinking support would be utility. Yeah, maybe. So interesting. I am curious about where they're going with the augmentation system. I'm hoping that we're right in our yeah. theory of what we showcased last time with that green trail. I'm I'm just cool. going to throw this out there. I'm just thinking of like thirty third party spells meaning like uh potions elixirs uh maybe banners maybe oh, that's what they're that going for. may be a good that might be it too that's a good theory yeah because they're definitely going to have crafting in there too which he didn't necessarily right. mention so that yeah. but but yeah. he has in previous streams right. yeah this one was probably like for me was probably the most exciting like answer like that they had or at least question that they had too yeah. um just because i'm like really stoked about just digging into the augment system yeah. and what their like you know what their vision is obviously the like the other archetypes are on a lot of people's minds you know mm -hmm. we're we're ready for that so yeah and, and interesting to see um where they end up with their combat also because right. i tried both i mean i didn't necessarily have a strong preference one way or the other um 
though I think visually, I think the split motion just looked a little too, I don't know. It just looked off to me and it felt off because it was just, it was just kind of like blindly click happy, you know, just normal antics. So I just didn't know. It didn't, didn't, didn't feel right to me. So hopefully they find a good balance. Yes. When we can, when I was running around, like to me, it's that getting that movement forward in every swing just doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Because like, there's a difference between choosing to lunge forward and have intent with your character to move forward, whether you're talking weapon attack skills or abilities or whatever, and being static, right? Like perfect example, a tank got the shield up, you know, and then it kind of like kind of release a swing. You're not going anywhere. You're staying right where you're at. Um, also, it was really weird the way the shields like were never out all the time. It was like the strangest thing in the world back then. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they end up doing. I think I think also is a good it's a good example because utility support, buff food, potions. Yeah, those could definitely be there, especially if they're doing an expansive itemization table for like different loot and they're going to be putting in like, you know, higher level crafting. So, you know, and by higher level, I mean more evolved crafting system, not the rudimentary one that they had in there just as sort of like a, a gameplay loop for people to, to sort of function with. Okay. I agree. I'm hoping that we get to see some more on that too. Uh, let's see here. When it comes to your system for ship hijacking, love the answer on this. How can we take control of another player's ship and do we get to keep that ship? Yes, you can hijack it and destroy it, but you cannot keep it. This will be expanded on the future. I think that's a good choice, right? I don't, I don't think you get to just like take someone like that. That that could get griefy real quick, like overly yeah. griefy. Like yeah. that's just an open door <laughs> to absolute toxic gameplay from for people, right? So like yeah. definitely not. But br- destroying it though, hijacking and destroying it, that would work really well when you think about naval naval combat in general which if you think about it oh buddy uh, i could imagine them putting a a, like um like a system where it just decays over time i can you can just see the ship sinking over time as they sail by (laughs) that's cool man (laughs) yeah that's that would be really cool actually to have it just like sort of degrade and disappear then like maybe you've got like the schematic or whatever and you just got to rebuild it or like yeah. you know, repair it with you know, re- rebuild what was completely destroyed. Like you, RP like you know, got your your wreckage or something. I still think you yeah. could probably get your wreckage though. Also, my uh, assumption is when he said hijacking, I think he means you can keep it, but yeah. you cannot repair it. And that's a, that type of sense. Like mm. you're able to fight with it, all of those things, but you're unable to repair it. It's gonna get destroyed and you or can't rebuild it. Like use it. it against your like someone yeah. could take it and use it to their advantage. That would actually make yeah. sense. Cause that would happen if you were like out there in the open seas right back in the day and you you go and you you basically, you know, destroy another ship or attack it. You you go board it, you take the people out and then you take the ship. I can see it now there's gonna be a guild called Navy SEALs that does just that. <laughs> <laughs> right that's too good i see i saw something in chat please god no raid raid buff pots i don't know man i i actually didn't mind that i actually didn't mind uh buff pots for raiding 
like it made it you made it useful to actually need those because you could actually cycle those in for you know certain mechanics to like um, help provide stats for the the you know the ray group or to you know buff heals or damage mitigation dps whatever i don't think i don't think you really want it to be like something you're having to go through a ton but i still think it's because the thing is, is if like unless you want like a sort of generic crafting system for alchemy you want it to be more useful in different areas of the game speaking of naval content i mean like potions that would be helpful or alchemy pots that are going to be able to help you to you know maybe breathe a little longer underwater or you know swim a little faster in water or something something that could synergize with some of the mariner classes potentially too could be interesting but i don't know have to see what they end up coming up with i i like a really expansive intricate uh alchemy system though um if it just is just there to like oh i can use a health or a mana pod every so often then it kind of feels like you know kind yeah, of yeah i would love to, to see a lot of diversification there too just to make it relevant mm-hmm. um you know mm-hmm. one of the things that i i do like is like maybe like you know like weapon oils or some sort of like tinctures you can use like for short buffs and longer buffs i think those are all like really mm-hmm. um i think probably and i'll maybe uh assume here but i think some of it just has to do with the time investment that might be required to prepare all of those um but i think without it you're gonna have somewhat limited use for alchemy as a profession because i agree Mm. it would be super boring if you know people leveled alchemy only to get like really good healing and mana pops i would love to see like some other ways that can do it like again right synergize with other professions so there's got to be that component absolutely but also it's got to stand on its own too any of the crafting does otherwise you can't you know i don't know i think there's there's a missed opportunity there like you know has Mm. happened in other games yeah weather related pots could be really good too like magista was saying in chat i like that too Especially when you know yeah, resistance dyna- would be a really good one. Yeah. yeah. Seasonal shifts are going to be really dynamic. I mean, you saw it, what they could do. So we saw it in this last mm-hmm. live stream. We got to see the first iteration of it. Finally, this one was this one speaking about the cycles of the year, right? Uh, very year cycles every four weeks in real time. And one hour in game might be 15 minutes in real life. According to the wiki. Does that mean there will be a four-day cycle within a real day? They said those numbers may change, but the change is meant to harmonize with the harvestable and crop mechanics, so there is a relative cyclical influence on the in-game material economy. I mean, I can understand that perspective, Um, but I also stand by what I... And this is the tricky part, right? Because there's a lot of people that feel this way. It's not just me or you or... Some of the people here in a chat, there's definitely a good number of us who are going, man, it feels like that's going to be a little short, like a season in a week. That That's quick. I also can see how that could work well for crop cycles and stuff, but I can also see like in regard to the seasonal events they want to have, that would also ensure if you had a winter event in game that you could time it on that winter period uh, every month. Um and same for summer or fall or whatever, too. Because if, like, you wanted to synergize it with real-world stuff and things, you've got your in-game, you know, 
Halloween or you've got your fall event or whatever they want to call it. That's the Varen holiday. And you could uh, align it with like the Halloween event or something going on in fall, same for winter, but it could be its own thing, but align sort of similarly. If you, if you've got a season rotating once a week, because you're going to ensure you're going to get every season at least once a month. And then there you I go. I don't know. So I'm like, well, like each week the seasons change. It's like, well, what are the seasons like yeah. uh, making it go out there? Hey, <laughs> how, I, how does that I work? Agree. <laughs> I agree. I I'm, I'm advocating for like trying to understand their logic and I get it. But for me as a player, a season a week is going to absolutely feel too quick. Yeah. yeah for me. So I totally I mean, agree talk- with that. They talked about maybe doing two weeks, but even like again, yeah. right? I, I I don't see the whole picture. I don't think any of us do. And they also talked about like other events like that may supersede the seasons, like you know, monsters that come out that like make certain seasons last longer. Mm-hmm. So that's possibly like maybe what they're doing and the the actual seasonal change is more um what's the word? it's more like filler for these other events. So you might have like during the fall, during that air quotes, Halloween season, you might have something like that, you know, the dead rise from their grave with some sort of ritual or something. And then that lasts for a month as opposed to like your normal cycle. Um, Mm. So that's possible. But still, it's like the baseline needs to be something. It needs to be dynamic, but not so dynamic that people are like, what season am I in? I don't right. remember anymore because it goes by so quickly. Yeah, I get so, that. Yeah. I get that, too. And it's, it's going to be tricky, too, because like I see their perspective. But you go and you do like cycles that like my ideal, like if you, in a perfect world where I got it my way, which isn't that world, right? But it, in my world, it would be like it w- I would love to get on and feel like, yo, it's it's summer here. I'm on an NA server. It's summer here. And it's, you know, feels like it's summer in game. Like there's something about that that's just really cool to me for when it's winter outside and it's winter in game. I, I've always really enjoyed that that synergy. And yeah. it would be cool. But like when you think about like. <laughs> the importance of crop rotation. Well, that's going to shoot that to hell. You know, be like, I mean, it would be it would be a big investment for a player who did who who did farming in the game. That's for sure. Yeah, fair fair point. I yeah, mean, you'd have they, to they quit could... your job at certain times. Of the year. <laughs> I mean, if you yeah. made the reward high enough for it, I mean, who knows? But yeah, that's that would be pretty. From my perspective, that would be like, damn, that'd be crazy. Uh, I, I love uh, what Daft said. He said, if it's the UK, it's going to keep changing. No, it won't. It's just going to be constantly raining. That's that's the UK's weather in a nutshell. That's true. It's always it's raining there all the time, right? Speaking of well, environment. Well, what's it called? I think I think when... I, I can see your point when uh, you mean like a huge harvest could happen if they make the time longer. But I mean, they could technically make systems to lock people to a certain extent so they don't take it overboard. <laughs> you know, wouldn't they? Question mark? 
I don't know, man. It's a good question. Hey, this is one of those things like it's cool. It, we how many times have we theorized about like how would the seasonal changes in the game and the weather changes really actually look like what would that appear like? How would that function with our own eyes? You know, and we got to see that. So this is one of those things. It's like I got to see how this works in order to know if it would really if it would resonate or not with me, if it would feel like it was comfortable. And it's tricky, though, too, because you got the people who have an idea of what feels like it is it like works for immersion purposes of immersion, because that's a big part of what we're talking about here. And then you got like the functional side of how this needs to work with their game systems and trying to do a balancing act between that. It seems like something that to me is tricky, but every time I say it, it seems tricky, then they come out down the road, they show us how this is working, and I'm like, oh, that works. I get it. It, it totally makes sense how they're, they're what they're going for here. And the weather and the seasonal changes is one of them. The character creator is another good example of one of them. Because I remember years ago looking to the future and going, um, what are they going to go for that's going to be innovative here? That's not just going to be another one of the same. It's actually going to align with this vision of theirs. Happily, we've gotten to see that evidence along the way now. Being five five years down the road, you know, <laughs> we're finally at a place where we get to see some of this stuff, but not the combat. So that's the big one for me. I, I feel like they're everything that they've done so far. And I know I'm kind of like side sidestepping on this, but everything they've done so far that they've showcased, like, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. I get what they're doing here. It works. I get it. It all, it all vibes for me. The combat's the one that I've had my hands on since alpha zero in December of 2017 all the way since then, I've still gone. This isn't 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 vibing right for me. It's not feeling fluid enough for me, in either the tab or the action orientation. It it doesn't feel fluid. It doesn't feel right for me to feel like this is going to feel comfortable for me as a player. They've hmm. they've had some things I've gotten right that have felt good. Different types of skills, the mage skills. We talked about all those in previous episodes. But as a, as a whole whole system, the combat system, this is the thing that for me, I think, is the one I'm probably going to be the most critical on, as are many of the players and people waiting for the game, that I think they're going to have, at least my assumption is that they're going to have the hardest time developing correctly right now. So anyway, speaking of combat talking about the seasons right in the biomes right what if an effect will what in effect uh will biomes and the change in weather have on dungeons raids and other non-instance events and their loot okay whether events can affect skills and abilities it may restrict access to particular areas which we saw it may affect mechanics of the boss types of skill trees it favors, but probably not the loot tables since they are predicated on the monster type you will kill. And the monster type is predicated on the season or advancement of story arcs and nodes. Side point to that question mark on instance raids. I'm curious, right? Because if it instance raids like actually outside somewhere in Vera, for the scene, for the actual setting, even though it's instanced. I, I feel like that would be kind of weird if that didn't change with the seasonal changes in some regard. That's just me. I don't know. Thoughts on that point, though? 
Yeah, I would agree. It would be immersion breaking. And I mean, it is definitely more that they need to consider. But if they're already building in some type of dynamic, uh, I guess, change to boss tactics, depending on different factors, whether node advancement, quest lines open, etc. I don't think it's that much of a stretch to think that they would translate that into any of the instance rating. Uh, but yeah, I think it would be, I agree with you. I think it'd be a little weird for them not to do that. I mean, I think it's going to be weird if they don't explain it, but if they do right. like say, okay, this is generated by this some sort of crystal or the boss himself, uh, what's it called? Generates this new area of some sort, and once you kill the crystal or the boss, the weather just flips, and poof, you get yeah. to get originated to to the normal weather, maybe, or keep which, it as is. I don't know. Which I mean, you know, would work really well with what they talked about for nodes and for the uh, weather being altered by uh, the existence of some ominous force. Yes. But that's tricky though too because i mean depending where you go instance versus non-instance and and everything too it all goes back to i think uh at least for me a big piece of it goes back to like player agency like how is this going to maintain a meaningfulness to the overall population of the people that are like you know citizens of different nodes when they're kind of what's the snapshot of their you know um you know their uh their normal right their status Question. quo if if we get an ice dragon in the desert, do we get vegetation? I mean, or do we just get covered with with sand and ice? I'm thinking maybe you just get a bunch of wet sand, and you know, you probably need to bathe and and clean up and stuff. It's probably just going to be annoying, like sand nice mud to... pools. Hell yeah. I mean, mud, mud columns all the way. Oh, but how cool would it be <laughs> if you got like some sort of a quicksand style thing, right? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be mm. badass, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. The first, first, first character in the game that I hope succumbs to this is Faisal. <laughs> no, oh, no, God. it's not. It's not gonna be me, Sim. It's I gonna be so. you. You most probably no. gonna try to steal a treasure or some shit, and and basically get trapped and sun, like mm. sunken down in the sand. <laughs> no, you see, because you're talking about thieving, and in a world where, let's say, hypothetically, you were right, and I'm not saying you're hypothetically. This is not a factual <laughs> statement. It's speculative. It's theory. It's hypothetical. In a world where no, I'm let's say it's factual, it's talk, gonna happen. It. No, <laughs> you don't get to interject, Bunny Rabbit. Let me let me say this. In a world where let's say for a moment that you're actually right. Okay? okay. Enjoy it. Enjoy that smile on your face. Let's say you were right. If I were that that style, <laughs> if I were that, I can't look at Faisal right now. If I were that <laughs> that style of player who did run around quickly ninja looting things, right? I wouldn't be staying okay. still for very long. Murder bunnies hiding in the bushes or 
behind rocks, standing in sand, well, would succumb well, to it. I need to protect my property. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you might be the first one to die in the in the quicksand. In... I mean, I mean, technically, I'm gonna just bury your body in the sand. <laughs> I'm like, whatever he's got to do to reinforce the ninja looter narrative, right? Or to bury bodies, <laughs> like whatever he's got to do to cover himself. There's the body. He always buries the body. You just have to remember that. Yeah, they're he not. Is. He's not hopping. He's stomping the dirt under over the corpse of his mm. slain players. We're talking in game, not real life murder, by the way. So just so you're <laughs> aware, right? Because don't do that in real life. That's criminal and horrible. Don't make make good choices. Okay, make your choices. Can a corrupted player use the family summon system to call their family? Speaking of making good choices, corrupt players could be making good choices if they're that corrupt or bad choices. And the answer is Stephen did not want to comment on this just yet as it's still a work in progress. So we'll get tested out in Alpha 2. Okay, we're going to get to tinker with that in Alpha 2. So many things to include in Alpha 2. So many things. How oh, many? Okay. How will ground target spells work underwater? This one's going to be interesting to talk about. Prototyping Oof. was done a few months ago from the design team. Template-based abilities may have a scrollable will to change 3D space for the effect but they are aware this may be cumbersome to use and thus it's still a work in progress. Now, if you don't understand what template means, these are, these are like your reign of arrows abilities and things like that where you click the button and it gives you this round circle, right? Or if you've got like a cone effect ability, you click the button and it shows you the cone, shows you the circle. Those are the templates outlining where the skill will essentially disperse that the damage or the rain of arrows or the frost or whatever's going on there. So thoughts on that one, guys, this one's cumbersome was a I good mean, word. I mean, yeah, cumbersome is a good word. Um, naval content, not naval, sorry. Underwater combat is one of the trickiest things to do in game dev, at least in my opinion. <laughs> Um, it's hard to make it fun and, and it's not as easy to, uh, what's it called? Use skills on land because everything on land is basically, you get to see what you are trying to do, right. but underwater it's freestyle. You don't really know where you're putting can't your tell. stuff. You really can't. And <clears throat> usually, at least this is what Guild Wars do does. Um, they basically make you equip a different type of weapon, um, for underwater combat, uh, with different sets of abilities, which is really cool. I think that route is better. I mean, makes like specific spells and weapons for underwater that would play better, in my opinion, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. What about you, Daedalus? That's a that's a good reference point, though, Faisal. I feel like it's worth talking about that a bit more. Yeah, yeah, I remember that feature from Guild Wars 2. I'm not sure whether I was a fan. I mean, I think it was cool, definitely. But I just felt like just another unnecessarily 
like unnecessarily complexity in order to um like just really they should really focus on just making abilities work and i guess yeah. i'm curious uh go Don't ahead i'm not saying as a sense of um it wasn't complicated or it worked no i'm just referencing it as a oh, okay. design choice that's all i'm saying <laughs> oh, okay that, that that's fair yeah thanks for, for explaining that i mean i personally i think i think this idea of and and i'm trying to wrap my head around what they mean it's like essentially if i have like a if i'm selecting an ability it gives me a template i can maybe use my mouse wheel to change the size of the template or change the type of template which mm. again i guess that would doesn't necessarily feel like i personally don't think that sounds very cumbersome but it might be just the fact that you have like different choices to do before setting the template down. And that's kind of a, maybe a time thing. So it's not as fluid as say just hitting an ability and it goes, but I'm, st I'm still curious on like how they're going to explain or get it to work. If they do have underwater content, like weapons, I could see like having some use underwater spells like how they can explain that usage i think is is in one um but yeah I, i'm not sure about this one yet again it's it seems like they're still working it out and it would be interesting i expect they'll have it to test in a2 i mean they've got everything else in there so why not mm, i mean I'm, I'm i'll be honest i've never i was never a fan of the guild wars 2 water combat it it worked well if you were going to if you were going to have water combat it worked really well i think um but it was like i felt like that was actually a bit cumbersome like I, some of the skills didn't really like feel that great it worked but it was like the lackluster it it, it made it so water combat seemed like it had meaningfulness but it just didn't really deliver for me the, the issue though with template skills is like when Faisal brought up, like you, it's tricky unless you make the template uh, visually stand out really well in water, right? Um, because it's a th it's a three D space. Templates on the ground are much easier because it's literally just you go out in front of you. This one, if they take the idea of like the middle mouse scrollable thing, I mean, I get that. That actually seems like it would work really well. Um, there's a lot of programs I've used, Photoshop, uh, a lot of different gaming style programs where when you get used to, to, I mean, okay, perfect example. Think about survival games where you go and you build. A lot of survival games will have it to where you go, you click on uh, whatever it is you're going to place, like a foundation, and you can you can like sort of scroll in or out and you can sort of like adjust the size using the middle mouse button or flip it. So it, it can be an intuitive thing. But the tricky part, I think, with that, especially in regard to water combat is cost benefit analysis and time. So that's the thing. I mean, you could make it to where the template was placeable only at, in a position where you're at and you still had a flat plane to work off of. 
Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? But then, you know, there's a lot about that that can be really tricky and a little weird, too. Like, you got a rain of fire that's coming through the water, and it's coming through, and the fire's still there in the water and not getting snuffed out by it, and it's doing damage on a area. So there's just a lot to, to work out. So I'm very curious what they're planning with the, with the scrollable wheel change and how that would work in water. Yeah. The other, the other thing, too, though, is... In regard to making it show visibly, there are going to be colorblind uh, options. Since Steven is colorblind, he even made a point to talk about how important it is to have accessibility options. So, I mean, that would be a very interesting setting to have, wouldn't it? Like color of, you know, templates in on land, in water, a way to sort of like players to have a little bit of agency over how they can make it show up. So it's visually like noticeable for them. But you still got the 3D space thing, so there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. The the complicated part is the 3D Absolutely. space thing. Yeah, the scroll wheel seems like the best option. But how long is it going to take you? Yeah, how long is it going to take you to adjust that too? Oof. You know, we I have like... Barely, yeah. Uh, I can barely uh, f- fix my settings for his mouse sensitivity. You want me to fix that? Jesus. <laughs> I was about to say sensitivity, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Like, because you can have two sensitivity settings, like your normal one, but then you got a different sensitivity setting for your middle middle mouse scroll whenever you're in water. So you're at, you're talking about, you know, what are they going to do to make that, you know, feel natural in terms of, like, combat and play style? When compared to everything mm. else, so. All right, a couple more. We got a couple more here to talk about. Uh, literally two more. Perfect. And then we can talk about this other other one. When a player goes to hire NPCs to guard their caravan, do they hire generic NPC titles like warrior, archer, mage, cleric, get a random assortment of NPCs, or actually get to hire archetyped NPCs like tank, summoner, cleric? I felt like that was kind of a, a strange question because it kind of like you kind of gave archetypes, you know what I mean? Like they aren't just titles. They're going to work a certain way. The answer though, <laughs> the caravansary building or the barracks may have upgrade paths for the no to invest into that gives a great selection of roles that you can hire for your caravan or for quality of items for the guards that come as mercenaries might have available to them. There are no hero mercenaries, which are the top of the unlock path, which are named only available for certain caravans. So that's interesting. There are hero mercenaries, which are at the top of the unlock path. Unlock path. Curious. Discussion. Wondering if this is like depending on the node, like how much the mayor decides to invest, and that's mm. when he's talking about upgrade path, Same. or if it's something like personally. Because I would be interested to see like how you, like you you have a barracks, like how does that get populated? Is it just everybody gets access to everything, or could right. you potentially like, and this is like out there as an idea. But could you potentially have like social organization progression that you can say, okay, you as a player have unlocked Mm. XYZ level in your religious order. 
now you have like mm-hmm. a zealot that is available to you at tier X, whatever that is. Right. Um, I mean, I do like the idea of like hero mercenaries, but again, it just, I think that would probably depend on what your mayor decides to invest in. And if your main source of income or upkeep is transporting goods, then that might be a choice you're making as a mayor on whether or not you're like, hmm, we really need to protect our resources coming from, you know, the other mm-hmm. nodes or going mm-hmm. to the other nodes because that's where the supplier for, I don't know, whatever. Um, and, and so that way they're saying, okay, now we're going to get these hero NPCs that are, I don't want to say like raid boss status, but, you know, relatively involved to take down. It's not like simple, you know, Zerg mechanics that it's going to take them down. So I'd be interested to see how that will all work if it's more generic or if, if there's some options that you get um, as a player too, depending on what your progression is personally. Boy, I've got some, I mean, you're hitting on some things I was thinking about too, but I definitely want to bounce around ideas on that. You, you got anything, Faisal, you're thinking about? No. I mean, Diz hit all the points that I wanted right. to say, so, yeah. Yeah, well, he said building or the barracks, like, the caravan caravansary barrack building or barracks. So when you talk about when he talked about unlock path at the top of the unlock path, with the with those two parts being in the answer, that to me logically sounds most likely to be unlockable via mayor. Like the mayor can choose how much investment to unlock for the overall node. But but I also could see how that would work really. That would synergize really well, I think, in a lot of ways when you think about the uh, the religious progression because Divine Nodes specifically, one one potential way to like sort of like grow with the order and and sort of like, you know, gain reputation and prestige and rise to the top of your order, potentially have skill effects that are altered later as a result of that. It's all going to come down to the individual uh, investment, which is going to come down to probably doing something like quests for your religious order. Um, how they plan to do that, we'll know, we will have to see. But that that would be very interesting to have that as because we talked about in Node Sieges, right? That one of the potential uh, types of uh, skills that could be available could could have something to do with like a, a skill that's available during Node Sieges for the person at the top of their religious order. And so now they're able to function uh, with this additional ability that they can sort of use to help bolster the the defending forces. Um, but having something like this as an added layer, uh, along with whatever the mayor might choose to do, I think would be a really good for immersion and for player progression. Someone who's dedicated to their order that much, religious order, church. Last but not least. Is enchanting itself an artisan profession itself or something else entirely? Good question, because why? Remember recently we, we outlined that he stated what, like 22, but we don't have 22 listed yet? The answer was enchanting is not an artisan profession. It is created by a few different professions, 
which participate in the creation of enchantment scrolls. These scrolls, which primarily will, or sorry, primarily be interfaced with the scribe profession, but once the scroll is created, it will be the open market and players must use them to enchant weapons and such. There was a, another topic around potentially tying this into like player stalls as well. Yeah. So there is no an, an enchanter crafting system? According to this statement, that's what we're hearing. There is no artisan profession for enchanting. Mm. It, apparently, apparently, enchanting, the primary... Well, essentially, what it sounds like to me is that the enchanted scrolls, the, the, the be-all on those getting produced, is going to be scribe. Now, which other yeah. professions or artisan classes are going to be the contributors to helping ensure that those are created? And I'm assuming probably the scribe's going to have to get specific materials that are only created by those other artisan professions. And so they potentially have to purchase right. or barter with people in order to get the those particular provisions that they're going to need. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to get... Yeah, I think you're going to get like you know the raw materials need to get processed and they might need to get processed depending on what they are and provided to the scribe and then the scribe uses those materials to create a scroll is that kind of what you're saying because that's kind of what i'm that's what i'm too. hearing yeah that's what i'm saying and so essentially enchanting is kind of distributed across all the artisan professions in some form or another and i'm maybe not all of them but at least some of them. a good amount of so, them they had some Which I think is good. The necessity yeah. between different crafting uh, artisan craft crafting professions that have like that inter interdependency between one another, so that you don't just have somebody going, "Well, I can make it all myself," sort of thing. You don't want to really kind of be there if you want trade and crafting and ashes to really work well. But that is interesting because that's good though because we already know scribes are going to have impact on node nodes in regard to like what libraries right and like the the historical perspectives and things like that that could potentially tie into scribing. So this is good because it's like well you're not just that you got you got these other things that you can do and be good at that are going to make your you know your artisan uh, class actually you know feel like it's weighted more uh, you know has has more. Uh, I guess, agency to be useful in the world, not just the guy who does the writing at the desk. Like, you know, it's interesting. It's good, though, because you see that and then you go, okay, so like clearly these will stand on their own and potentially have the same weightedness as another one like Animal Husbandry might. Because that was like one of the ones where you're going, well, how are the others going to sort of compare to this if this is so intricate and involved and detailed and how's it going to be equally useful Well, enchanting scrolls are probably going to be very very important so i mean i mean it's actually very interesting like the whole scribe profession is yeah. going to be very interesting because usually when it comes to animations or like mini games or stuff like that it's very defined like blacksmiths mm. you get to see a hammer and iron being like hit yeah. you get to strike the iron to make swords and stuff um cloth you get to weave and but scribes well what, what, what am i gonna see like right am i just gonna see a pen writing bibbity bobbity boo and poof that that's that's the that's the whole enchanting role <laughs> yeah, you remember in 
World of Warcraft. Correct me if I'm not. What's the profession that's like? A, is it? Is it not scribe? Is something else? Right? Inscription. Inscription. What I was thinking here is I'm almost seeing like a reverse. So, inscription and enchanting in World of Warcraft. The enchanters can break down items, get like dust and shards and things like that. They utilize these resources to enchant gear directly, or they can cast them on a scroll. Those scrolls are created by inscriptionists. They're blank scrolls. You can purchase them, but they could be made as well. So there was like <laughs> once upon a time when there was some interdependency going on with World of Warcraft, like crafting systems. That was like really cool. And the yeah. inscriptionist could actually create some interesting things too for like armor. I think if I'm not mistaken, they could wait. No, it doesn't. Maybe it's Taylor not anymore. Right? <laughs> wow, dude. They just anyway. Yeah, the, there's I mean, inscript. I was actually just as I was reading this, I'm like, wow, they're actually making, you know, scribes useful other than like right. making like runes for, you know, changing the type of yeah. like spell you have. I mean, there's right. other things you can do with inscription. I think there's writs you can do for legendary stuff at least in, mm -hmm. in Shadowlands and whatnot but but still I mean I, I do I'd like to know more about this because one thing that um, Inscription did is you did need to herb or have right. access to herbs to in order to make inks yeah so that's possible to do too right is that you get some mm. sort of process material and you're processing it again, or you're utilizing it to make certain inks uh, to be able yeah. to do that. I mean, I think there's that. I mean, I, I could see certain materials, depending on, you know, what you get as input, you're making different types of paper or scrolls, yeah. like, you know, levels of that. So there's, there's options there too. Um, but yeah, I would be, I'd be interested to see like, you kind know, of what they're, what their gambit is in terms of enchanting on what they want to do mm -hmm. uh, and, and kind of how that, because I think that was when it was relatively relevant and each profession had some way to enhance certain items that was interesting to do. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's that. And I'd really be interested to see what an artisan like master scribe can do in terms of that. I mean, that actually make this profession more interesting to me than it has been in other games. I agree with that, man. In, the inscription discussion was a really good one because when I, when I referenced the, that back in the day and wow, I could see how they could make scribes work pretty well. They actually stuck with what would make it interesting and where world of Warcraft could have gone as opposed to like, cause it was like, they started out in a pretty interesting uh, like approach with that. And then it was like, we kind of reached a pinnacle peak. And then when you thought it could potentially get even better, it just went into to being kind of, kind of useless really. Um, it was like, I don't even know why you'd want that as a profession. But the time I stopped playing, I think I had one character who did that. And I was like, great. They made profession changes. And this guy basically does. There's no point in even doing this. Yeah. So all right. Well, we got through our Q&A and we had some pretty good discussion around that. I guess in reflection on the Q&A talking points, their last developer live stream, my question for you guys is, what's your favorite environment in an MMO and why? So thinking seasonally, terrain, whatever the case might be, what is it for you guys and for you all watching or listening? Right behind me. 
I like, you know, the Riverlands. I'm I'm like I'm I am digging the Riverlands. And this is this is definitely one that I will uh love to kind of explore a lot more. Though I do like like anything with ruins in it too would be nice, like this ancient sites and stuff, like you know, the the screenshot I used last week or the concept art I used last week was really cool about the alien city. I would love to kind of delve into those ruins. So those are kind of, I would say, the biggest like biomes. I guess mm-hmm. the beach too, but like I would say that this this type of environment behind me is is definitely my favorite. I would say. Okay, right on. But you, Faisal. Um, surprisingly, I'm gonna say I'm gonna agree with Dedos. I'm gonna say the forest. Um, because usually desert biomes or MMORPGs do MMORPGs don't know how to do it justice. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I just uh, there's so much potential with that biome, but nobody actually uses it right or gets creative with it. That makes so, me sad. So, but like I like mm-hmm. I like the forest the most because it usually is very vibrant with all the colors and saturations and all the You're monsters right. and. I agree with you, Faisal. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. It is very vibrant and lush and all the colors and life as opposed to the desert, which you're usually a proponent of. So when you said surprisingly, is it because one might assume that as much as you're a proponent of the desert and biomes need to be done right that you wouldn't pick it? And again? Uh, 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 Yeah, because they don't do it right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But if they did the desert right and they did... The forest, right? Which one would you prefer? Oh, I would choose both. No, you got to choose one. Uh, hmm. uh, I haven't really seen a good desert biome, so I don't know. In a world where you, the biome was as epic as it could Again, be. Again, I can't, I can't compare the two because I don't have something that's realistic. So. <laughs> You see what he's doing? He's like, I'm not going to say no. If I say no, I, I, I betray myself somehow, I feel like. Basil. No, is... Basil, it's good to see that you're, you know, it's good to see that, like, you're you're growing and you're you're open to more than one biome. What do you mean? I always was open to one biome. <laughs> you said, wait, you just said you always were open to one biome? Yes. Freudian slip, man. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope we got that clip. <laughs> I, I, I kind of tried to bait you into something so that I could potentially go and use one clip from the past uh, and use a clip from now and try to have some fun with it for content. Mm. And it worked. <laughs> so please clip that for me, Alfina. I'd appreciate it. Faisal, just know that it comes from a place of love and the bunny <laughs> emote probably will have a place in it. I just got to go yes. back and scrounge that clip up because that was probably like two years ago now. Oh, God. That's yeah, way back. It is. And there's a lot of clips on my channel. So this will have to be on a day when I'm either having a nice stiff drink or um, extremely enthusiastic and high energy, which is not today, luckily for you. But it'll happen. I'm going to write it. I'm gonna, oh, it'll go I, think, I think deserts have a huge potential that ain't, people ain't using it right it's true. Stand by that. <laughs> it's true. I totally agree with you on that because like the Alakir Desert in the Elder Scrolls Online is pretty good. But I you know, I I think if you could if you could hit something that looks like that in terms of like how you, you run on like along the sand and the dunes, 
And like, cause they have like effects from like the wind blowing sand sort of. But if we saw them take the weather uh, effects that we saw last time and you actually spun up like sandstorms or something like that would be sick. That would be really yes. cool, man. And and usually people think that it's just sand. No, when, when it goes to the mountains, uh, what's it called? It gets extremely green. <laughs> yeah. Um, and cold. And, and, and snow, surprisingly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so... I'm gonna try to gather a couple of pictures from uh, from the days. Uh, Are you of travel? You gonna do and some show uh, and see if I can share them. Show and tell. Show hey. and tell. All right, I'm just making yeah. a note here, real quick. Nice. All right, Cole made my note. Great. Great. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Alfina. Much love, homie. Really appreciate that. Perfect. I, I'm gonna try to see if I can do it while I'm editing tonight. I'll tip you later, Alfina. Delete it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mine. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with where Basil was at. Like for for me, everyone's probably no big shocker. I talk about it a lot. Like really, like I like I like the forest to have like really large trees, just really large, almost like Titanic trees with thick, um, thick with like triple. <laughs> triple c thick yeah thick trees <laughs> lush vegetation like the sound of flowing water some waterfalls streams things like that those are those are my jam that's definitely like my happy place man and if i could get a freehold within that area that'd be pretty cool too um okay all right <laughs> So, Margaret, back to this point, we're coming full circle. Margaret shared in Discord. They're working on a live stream room, but it's a bit further out. Put a pin on that as we are going to build out a bigger space for that plus mocap. Motion capture. This, all right. Uh, was it Benedict Cumberpatch, I think is his name, if I'm not mistaken? If you watch the Hobbit movies, the guy that he was in also into darkness is Khan. Like this guy, if you know what I'm talking about. If you ever have seen some of the behind the scenes for the uh, the Hobbit moves for Smog, he played Smog. What he did with his voice in that, like I was like, oh my! Like he actually voice acted that. And if you watch those, he's like down on like his legs, like kind of like doing this sort of stuff. And he had that all. He had literal. They were doing motion capture with that. So when you see Smog in the Hobbit, like the majority of what you see of him like walking around and talking and stuff like that literally was him walking around doing that. So they took yeah. the motion and they applied it to the model in the, that you saw in the movie. Right. So it was, it was tracking his motion, his movement as he was in that role. And you see it in a lot of other things too. Another game, for example, um, the he new became one with the lizard and the lizard was with him. One with him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, someone in chat probably likes that too much if they're here. Uh I'm trying to think of the game. It's it's the one we we've talked about recently. Uh oh my god, the D D game uh with the dice rolls on it being done by the people who did Divinity Original Sin 2. Oh, Pillars of Eternity? No, not no. Pillars of Eternity. Someone help me out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh damn it. Baldur's Gate 3, thank you very much, homie. I don't know why. It was just right there, sitting there, and I couldn't. 
they use that Bilarian Studios. Yes, they were doing the same thing in their studio for some of the characters. And I was also thinking how cool this could be for like motion. Now, the question is, what would they apply this to specifically? How would they choose to utilize this? It could be used for animations, for example, spell casting, weapon swings, blocking, running, all this stuff. I mean, you can take that and you can apply it to the to the rig of, of the character, right? That you can have running around. It could be used for a lot of different things. So it's interesting that they're actually, yeah, NPC idle animations, literally anything you can apply this to a character model, a creature, whatever you want. So this was a very unexpected thing. Like we knew they were going to do their live stream space for their live streams and all that. What do you think they could utilize? How, what do you think they're planning on doing here? Exactly. How far you think they're planning on going? Anybody surprised they're even planning on doing this at all? Certainly wasn't part of the initial vision. I mean, it, it was a, it was definitely a surprise. Um, I mean, and that they've been doing such a great job with animation to begin with. I didn't honestly think it was necessary, but if they're really kind of continuing down this path of immersion and more immersion. And obviously we got that in droves with the last live stream and the weather. Mm -hmm. The fact that they want to do motion capture too, it'd be interesting to see what they want to motion capture. I mean, I would kind of hit the same points you would by, you know, spell animations, combat animations too. But there's also like potentially like facial animation they could do as well, like dialogue animation. If they're not doing voice acting per se, um, they could, you know, have right. you know, some cutscene animations too, True. where like they're doing those things. And they might, I mean, there's still is a possibility they might do some voice acting in limited way, not like a fully voiced MMO like some that are out there, but at least like, you know, to get some of the backstory in like opening cinematics and for key parts of the story arc and possibly that's a possibility too. Mm -hmm. But I mean, again, that's more, you know, aspirational from my perspective. Um, but yeah, I don't I, think you're that far off. There is, uh, what's it called? Fighting that dragon in, uh, alpha one. If you enter the layer, it used to have a cinematic, and they could have used, uh, uh, I forgot the whole word, the mopac. Yeah. Oh, um, mocap. Yeah. Mo yeah, mocap. Uh, and basically, they could have used it there to animate the dragon or for future creations, like a priest talking mm. or whatever they want to include. Um, this is definitely yeah. one of those. It, this is a thing because I'm already seeing someone going, this would be scope creep. And I'm like, yeah, but like not necessarily, right? It could be. It's it's hard to know for sure. Like it depends on the circumstances, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if one of the people they've hired is someone who's like pretty well versed in this stuff and they're going to be working on that element of combat, this wouldn't really be a, a thing at all, would it? For them, it'd be like, oh, we're going to throw you in a suit and get you up there and we're going to knock this out. 
now or if, maybe they're trying to do it for the the combat as well combat uh, animation or planning um, for the future too who knows right we don't know it could it could be anything really yeah because having a one, room when having that setup doesn't necessarily mean anything how it's being utilized when it's being utilized for what it's being utilized those are the yeah. things we need to know because it could be scope creep but it could also just be trivial in the grand scheme of things yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would cryoscope creep at this point. I mean, the way I look at it, too, honestly, is they've done a lot of work with each of the cultures having their um, own kind of unique spin and tie back into the real world, like historical real world. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say it would. Um, I mean, I, I would expect this might also be like a way to kind of continue to do that too. Like if you've got, I don't know, a Renkai um, and you want to bring in somebody that can do like that kind of samurai style of fighting and you give them, that's their template. That could be how they do the animations for the Renkai. So me, me, I wouldn't say it's scope creep. Um, because to me, it's just kind of continuing to build on stylistically how they're building out all the races. And, and plus the fact too, that I think they're, they've done such a great job with realism to a point, right. In like the creatures, I would imagine they want to do something similar with human beings. Um, and especially like, or at least the humanoids um and, and i would expect this might be one opportunity for them to say okay well we want these races to not only have like really unique looks and feels but also like fighting styles depending on the weapon and that's something they could potentially have a lot more options if they brought in people that knew that or could study that type of motion and then capture it and then to me that would be more efficient than trying to figure it out from scratch yeah i don't know i think i think also unreal engine 5 like works really good with this um the other thing i think it's important too is like i think it's real easy for people to pass judgment like in, in fairness just because they didn't tell us does that necessarily mean it's scope creep there's a lot of stuff they haven't told us that has ended up getting showcased that nobody said was scope creep because we didn't really know either way, right? I mean, to be to be fair as well, yeah. we don't know how huge that facility is. Like, I don't think when someone yeah. says uh, or how much will be utilized, uh, BTubers use this basically already in some regards. Yeah, so. yeah, I saw a comment and chat around that too. The thing is, is it's easy to go it's scope creep, right, and pass like a real quick judgment just because it wasn't something that we didn't know about. Think about all the things that we also haven't known about that have probably been implemented as they've been going along the way, right? Things that we didn't know about that we end up finding out. Some of those things essentially like align and are like, hey, no big deal. Like we, you know, it seems natural or normal, but there's a lot of things that they're making decisions about as they're developing that could easily be called scope creep under the right context, like under certain contexts, does it mean it is? I think it's easy and easy to go, oh, if you're building this out, does that mean it's going to, 
you know, take a lot of extra time from us. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, is moving to the big studio scope creep in some regard is going to Unreal Engine 5 from Unreal Engine 4. We could argue, I well, mean, no, because it's a transition from one, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's easy. Like, it's easy. But I think I think people can assume it's scope creep sure. in the sense it's it's not just something that makes the company bigger. It's like an expense, but they could do it in a cheaper way, for example. Like it's not an essential mm. tool to have. Exactly. It's something that makes life easier for development. True. Yeah, um, but I, I would argue, not to interrupt, but I would argue that J-Rock the Great in chat um, said this too. It will make them more efficient by having motion capture because then they're not... Having- True. Yeah. yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a bad thing at all. It doesn't feel like scope creep because in my opinion, when I hear scope mm. creep, it's crap we didn't plan for, crap we're putting yeah. in, and crap that's going to make us take longer. Right. Right. Which not this how, is, yeah, yeah. Not how are we going to ensure that this system works? More so, we're adding this system because combat, combat physics are going to be in the game. How they choose to like deliver upon how that's going to be represented in the game that's completely up to them how what tools they decide to use what systems they want to implement to make that happen all those things they can i mean that's game development you got to make decisions along the way some you dump some you some of you like implement this could just be one that's implemented like to me it's going and saying well, combat's going to be in the game, right? How they choose to like iterate upon combat or the physics of like perfect example, as uh, Skylark said, boats and miniatures could be floating, could be buoyancy, could be um, all kinds of stuff. Like all of that stuff like makes sense. But if it was like, I would call it scope creep before going, oh, I'm just trying to think of something off the top of my head. Perfect example. We're going to have... Um, we're gonna have pets have a have a, a a system where you can queue up and you can battle one another's pets in the game, like Pokemon or something. Like World of Warcraft has a system, but that was never part of the outline to begin with. You're just gonna have pets, right? And that's that. They are fighting. What are you gonna say, Daedalus? PTSD pet <laughs> <laughs> battles. <laughs> no make it stop like something like that could definitely be that would definitely be like scope creep because it's not any part of that outline yeah now if they tie this and say we're, we added this because we want to make sure this is in the game and whatever they note was never part of the original vision then it, we'd be talking about we'd be talking about scope creep so as long as that doesn't happen yeah. we're good i think yeah, and as much as we don't yeah. know, there's so much that we don't know. I mean, clearly, uh-huh. like, we had, like, a, you know, a wisp of an idea of what they were planning for this weather system, and then they just took a sandal out and batted us across the dome with whatever they shared this last live stream. And it was way more than we expected, but it's... <sighs> Like it's kind of done right there in terms of like the base tech is there, yes. right? So I I I think there's just a lot more under the hood we haven't seen yet because Stevens mm, number one important thing. wants it to be ready to be shown, and number two he wants to keep it close to the chest so that there isn't anyone miscounted with his shit. 
Period. True. Uh, un- unless it's a bait and switch, and Stephen wanted to open like a sandal shop, and we don't know about it. I mean. <laughs> 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 that, that's just oh like gosh, we don't yeah. know anything <laughs> what they're doing behind the scenes you crafted sandal weapons specifically for like being <laughs> down ninja looters or something like that yes yes indeed <laughs> unbelievable too soon I feel like it's too soon okay we had the sandal talk last week just because he shows a sandal doesn't mean it's for me it's for him it's for him. It's for his feet. It's for his character. It's his legacy. It has nothing to do with me. I mean, last time I checked, this well, character already had a sandal. It has nothing to do with me in spite of what you all create on like Reddit and stuff. Because I've seen and that's that a gift. third sandal because he's got one on each <laughs> foot and he's got a third one that he can use as a weapon that he could brand somebody that Shoot, might right be feet. like, a you know, taking some loot. It wasn't necessarily belonging to them. Uh, I've never done it. I've never done it. I just want the the truth to be known, right? No matter you because you're you were butt ass naked when you did it doesn't mean you never did it. Like this is the problem with being honest. People will take what you say and they'll just twist it because it fits their narrative if they want to modify it. That, look, what do you mean? I know. We gained zero, zero no. from this. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're the only person who This is my weekly entertainment. Oh, I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> All week out. I look forward to the ways that I can insert a Ninja Loot joke in this, in this oh, podcast. Man. I'm my. I will have justice one day. There will be justice one day. <laughs> the sandal will finally come down. Yes, there will be justice. More important part <laughs> is there were the sandals shown. Yes, TL's right. Two right feet. They were both right feet. Was that? Did someone do that? Imagine if somebody did it on purpose to be like, yeah, you know how Stephen can't dance. Let's just like <laughs> put two right in here as a as a as a throwback or whatever. It, That'd be great. Anything, anything I can do to get you all to talk about something else, because otherwise you'll just spend the whole damn show doing this. (laughs) And I'm over here going, there's nothing I can say to these people that I haven't said before, except it's just not true. And they continue to come at me. He's got two right sandals because he needs a replacement when the first right sandal that he uses to crack you on the dome wears out so one of these this, days you know, i'm gonna come on to, i'm gonna come on to this show i'm gonna have shaved my beard down and i'm gonna have this big red sandal mark like i got popped in the head with a sandal right and it's literally gonna be me going live and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna end the show and y'all are gonna be wondering for a whole week what happened because i'll disappear and i will troll you or something but see if i do that now you know and i can't do it i should have kept that in my damn head would have been better if I just hadn't said it out loud. Sometimes you just got to think it. Am I right? Yeah, yep, for sure. It. For sure. <laughs> Friends, we have come to the end of our show. That's it for the good time. That's good. That's it for the lulls. That's it for the hypium, as Daedalus likes to say. Right? Not yep. something we push around here. That's Intrepid's doing. Hypium is real. But it will diminish. <laughs> it will fade until the next dose, which will probably be in roughly two weeks, give or take. Friends, we'll be sticking around for the Ashes Pathfinder post show soon. I don't know for how long we'll go tonight because you all 
It depends on how much you want to troll me about sandals, right? So snip it, zip it, whatever you got to do. Friends, we're Ladayless and Faisal. Shout out their domains and well, where you're going to find them when they're not on this podcast, Daedalus. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And also on Ashes HQ, check out the latest Herald's Ballad and please comment and shoot me some ideas. Yes, and I want to reiterate on that. Do do go do it. And uh, Faisal, what about you, buddy? Mm-hmm. You guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108, which hopefully I will be posting soon. So a little bit of accountability. He talked He talked earlier in uh, the podcast today about maybe he'll start using it. Maybe he'll have some incentive to use it. We know he doesn't actually check it because he gets at more times than I can actually think of on that thing. Yes. But, yes. but yeah, feel free to <laughs> add him and go and say, uh, tweet win. Also, Sims not a ninja looter. Okay. Thanks. All of that. I appreciate it. With that being said, friends, we might be at the end of today's show, but in closing, as always, got to shout out all of y'all. Remember, you are an Ashes Pathfinder. You don't have to be on this show. You don't have to be on this roundtable. You just got to be a part of the journey, being here in chat, listening to it, commenting, being a part of the journey, listening, watching, whatever you do. You're all Pathfinder. So much love to all of you, to Intrepid Studios. And until next week, live your best lives, walk in the light, and have a great night, friends. We'll Catch up with you real soon. Good night, everybody. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.